All right. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, happy to have you again. And uh, we're continuing to work through our series in the text of Ephesians. Uh, today, we're looking at Ephesians 5, 8 through 21. I want to read that section for us and then uh, and then let's talk about it because I think there's, uh, there's a lot in here, like most of the Ephesians letter. And it's important for us to pay attention to. So if we pick up in chapter 5, verse 8, here's what he says. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This text is uh, a huge piece of what's going to follow as the letter continues, and it does such an awesome job of linking what's in this text with what's come before it in the text of the letter to the Ephesians. And what I want to do as we walk through this today is just pay attention to and listen carefully to what's going on in Ephesians 5, 8 through 21. Now, first thing we have to note is that it's connected to Ephesians 5, 1 through 7. In fact, verse 8 picks up mid-sentence where verse 7 left off, talking about not becoming partakers or partners with those who live lives that Paul is advising Christians we cannot live. And so if we look back at what this is all connected to, because 5, 1 through 7 is connected back to the end of chapter 4, is connected back to the beginning of chapter 4, is connected to 3, connected back to 2, connected back to the beginning of the letter, here's what we've noticed Paul has walked us through. First, he started us focused on Christ Jesus, seated and reigning at the right hand of majesty on high. And that individual, Christ Jesus himself, as the reigning king, who is the head of the church. So then he's moved us from that to a discussion of God's immeasurable grace poured out through Christ and, and linked that grace to our being one body with one another in Christ as the head, one family of faith, and the one church that the world needs submitted to Christ its Lord. Recently, as if we've as we've come into chapter four and chapter five, we've noticed that Paul has built these ideas out of being one family of faith and how being that one family of faith 
in Christ Jesus finds connection in the lives we lead. Those two touch points for our lives of the family of faith and the content of our, uh, sorry, those two touch points in the lives we lead are the, the family of faith and the content of our character. And in chapters four and five, we've looked at the content of our character and how that content of character is to be lived out. In chapters three, four, and five, we've noted that Paul's also got this uh, parallel idea to the content of our character in the unity of the family of faith. And so what we see in Ephesians 3, 4, and 5 is that the content of our character and the unity of the family of faith are intertwined realities. As Paul continues with his practical instructions in Ephesians 5, he reminds us once again to walk in certain ways. Here, our attention is called back to chapter 4, verse 1, chapter 4, verse 17, chapter 5, verse 2. How we live matters. And Paul tells us to walk as children of light in verse 8, chapter 5. And walk not as unwise, but as wise, verse 15. Ephesians 5, 8 through 21 is about how we live or walk as light in a dark world and as wise in a foolish generation. Much of his instruction is pertinent to us today, especially when we look just about us at the way the world is currently spinning. In this section of chapter 5, uh, Paul has a, a tenor here of gratitude. And he highlights it in verse 20. And so I think really what we can say is that in this section, Paul is sort of thinking like this, grateful to God for Christ Jesus and the grace he's poured out on us. And being devoted to one another, we are then to walk as children of light and as wise in a world that often isn't so. If we consider the whole statement in, in 5, 8, then I think Paul becomes even, even more clear here. At one time, you were in darkness, or you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord, 5, 8 through 10. See, transformed by the grace and mercy of God, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, we should bear fruit in the grace of God that demonstrates transformed character. Remember, the content of our character should look like the content of the character of Christ Jesus. We should take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead, we should expose those works, chapter 5, verse 11. Likewise, Paul instructs us to walk with wisdom, 5.15. The days of our generation, much like the days of Paul's generation, are evil. And so he says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, verse 17. And then he goes on and he carries the thought into, into verse 20. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
See, Paul understands that the content of our character and our life needs to be transformed, made new in Christ Jesus, different from our old manner of living and the evils of our generation. We should be light and wisdom in the world, making the best use of the time that we have. Verses 15 and 16. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 18. And we should be grateful people, verse 20. At its core, I think what Paul is really getting to in chapters 4 and and 5 is that we are not the same people Jesus Christ saved. Or at least we ought not be so. We are to be people who look like and live like our Lord Jesus Christ, grateful to the Father for his mercy and grace, full of the Holy Spirit in the midst of our generation. We should demonstrate this reality in the changes of our behaviors and the patterns of our lives. The the priorities of our lives as Christians should be different. We should no longer walk as we once did. We should walk worthy of the calling. There's something that has to be changing. See, we are called to live as light, wisdom in the world. From the beginning of the church, Christians believed that saving faith is faith that goes to work, both in transformation and the changes of our lives in our world. See, faith that believes in Jesus is faith that is open to his transformational work. And faith that believes in Jesus is faith that says, I have to make changes in the way I live my life. Christians are to be people who demonstrate their faith through their manner of life. It's clear in the letter of James, and I think it's clear here in Ephesians 4 and Ephesians 5. Saving faith in Jesus Christ is a faith that demands we live as light and wisdom in a dark and foolish world. It is faith that unites us with God and with one another as the family of faith. Ephesians 3. And here there are Two focal points again coming into view as we consider what's being said here. We address one another in verse 19. We give thanks to the Lord in verse 20. And in verse 21, and we're coming to this, we submit one to another. Here, our uh, the, the content of our lives is pulled out of the isolation of our cultural individualism and thrust back into the world of Christian community. The content of our character should be like Christ as individuals who belong to a community of believers. Because my relationship with Jesus Christ is bigger than just my relationship with Jesus Christ. My life needs to be lived like light and wisdom because I am submitted to my Lord Jesus Christ, grateful for his mercy and grace, and I am submitted to my family of faith. When one of us is not walking in the light, the shadow is cast on all of us. When one of us walks foolishly and lacks wisdom, it is felt by all of us because we are one body. Walking in light and wisdom 
means walking in love for God and neighbor, which means prioritizing God and neighbor. Paul has gone and will continue going to lengths to explain to the Ephesians how they should honor God. However, each time he does this, he reminds them that they belong to one another. Our walk with the Lord is our walk with the Lord. But it's our walk with the Lord, not mine. I'm called to submit to one another because we all belong to the same family, the same body, the same Lord. This idea of submission is one so incredibly important as we engage the next section of the letter. We submit one to another. And 521 and the idea of submitting one to another shapes everything Paul wants to talk about in 522 through 69. What Paul has to say to the whole body of Christ begins what he just said in 521, sorry, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is the idea. This is the whole thrust of it. Our character and the content of our lives should look like Jesus Christ. But it should be done so in community of faith, not in isolation. And I think that's one of the biggest ideas of Paul's letter here. If we are going to live pulled out of the isolation of our cultural individualism, and thrust into the world of Christian community, then every relationship I have presents me with an opportunity to be submitted to Christ and one another. And what Paul will do in 522, all the way down to 6 verse 9, is explain to us how being submitted to one another looks in the various contexts of those relationships. If the content of my character is being changed and transformed, then in this relationship with that new content and character, this is how I submit one to another in the unified family of faith with a new content of character. This will be his focal point for the rest of the major instruction of the letter. And they'll be closing and encouraging notes at the end of chapter 6. We're headed in that direction. I hope this is helpful. I hope this uh, work in Ephesians is, is uniting the letter and bringing it together for you. I know it's doing that for me. Until next time, we'll see you next time.